Schwab Asset Management is proud to support the Inside ETFs podcast. As one of the nation's largest ETF providers, Schwab Asset Management offers insights and perspectives that can help advisors build on their ETF expertise. Did you know that more millennials are choosing ETFs as their investment vehicle of choice? Or that many investors plan to increase their allocation to fixed income, smart beta, and actively managed ETFs? Find out how ETFs can support your clients' goals with Schwab Asset Management's educational resources. Learn more at schwabassetmanagement.com forward slash ETF know-how. Hello and welcome to Inside ETFs, the podcast where we bring the latest and greatest ETF industry perspectives directly to you through in-depth conversations with key thought leaders from across the ETF ecosystem. I'm your host, Douglas Jonas, the head of exchange traded products at the New York Stock Exchange, the home of ETFs. Today, I'm joined by Nancy Davis. She is the founder and CIO of Quadratic Capital. Nancy is the portfolio manager for the Quadratic Interest Rate Volatility ETF, ticker symbol IVOL. We'll probably refer to it as IVOL today. And the Quadratic Deflation ETF, which has the ticker symbol BNDD. If you're not familiar with Nancy, she is a regular CNBC contributor, and she has been the recipient of numerous industry recognitions. Barron's named her to their inaugural list of the 100 most influential women in U.S. finance. Institutional investor called her a rising star of hedge funds. The Hedge Fund Journal tapped her as one of tomorrow's titans. And we call her a close friend of the New York Stock Exchange. Nancy, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks so much, Doug, for having me. So let's start a little bit at the beginning. We've known each other for quite some time here, but talk a little bit about your sort of background. You know, how did you end up in this ETF business? Is there is there a point or are there spots in your career that you sort of look back at now and you say, that's kind of what led me to where I am today? Yeah, no, it's interesting, even the uh, the concept of looking back, because I started my career um, at Goldman Sachs. I was with the firm for about a decade, and most of that time I was on the um, proprietary trading desk. So we were managing Goldman's capital, no outside client money. But I sat right next to, for many years, what was then the program trading desk, and they were right behind me. But I never really did look back and pay attention to what became the ETF business. It used to be, um, you know, they used to trade a lot of sector indices um, on the derivative desks, and then that moved over to program trading. And that was kind of the start of the sector ETFs. Obviously, Spider and the index ETF world started first, but I think I was a little late to the game, but um, I definitely have really come around to think that ETFs are really a fintech technology to be a more tax efficient mutual fund and having um, private uh, funds wrap public securities, I think is something that I've been very vocal about that I think it's better for investors for transparency, cheaper fees and better access using public funds to wrap public securities that matches the liquidity with the wrapper. So I was a little late, but um, I am on board and uh, fully embracing ETFs now. Well, I, I don't think you were late because, you know, if anything, the ETF industry continues to grow. Uh, seemingly every year we launch more ETFs than the year before. 
Uh, and certainly with your ETFs, you know, you've brought a lot of institutional-like strategies down to both retail and advisor investors. I want to talk a little bit, if we could, about your firm. Could you could you give us a bit uh, more information for an advisor that's listening in and they're saying, hey, what's Quadratic Capital? Uh, what What is your firm all about? Yeah, so um, Quadratic's been around almost a decade. The firm was founded uh, in 2013. Um, we run positive convexity strategies and fixed income. And I think really the premise is that um, prior to having uh, the quadratic ETFs, investors in fixed income only had uh, negative convexity products, um, specifically the Barclays Ag, um, which is now called the Bloomberg Ag. A third of it is mortgages. And mortgages are short volatility because homeowners are long the option to prepay. And so part of um, really what we're trying to give access to is instead of investors just being short fixed income volatility from their mortgage exposure, we want to give uh, long volatility exposure. And that's really coming at a, uh, a really, you know, a lot of things in life are, you know, being in the, the position uh, and ready at the right time. And I think this is an unprecedented environment with the Fed's balance sheet, specifically the SOMA holdings, which is what the Fed actually bought in the open market through QE, the Fed's balance sheet in the SOMA holdings is over $8.1 trillion, and over 30% of those holdings are mortgages. So it's a very, um, you know, both of our funds are long uh, interest rate options, therefore long fixed income volatility. And one of our education pieces is just understanding any place that they own any type of structured credit uh, or things that are linked to mortgages like the ag index, they are only short fixed income volatility. So I see you on CNBC a lot. Uh, I see you as a contributor in so many different places. It seems like the news media loves to tap into you because you are so knowledgeable about so many different parts of the market. Uh, and you and your firm really cover a lot of trends, right? You're often forward-looking. Are there spots in the market that you look at now and you sort of say, hey, this is a bit of a market trend and, and we're going to focus some some time, energy, research, what have you in that place? Yeah, I think one thing that we're really trying to, you know, stand on my soapbox and, and get people focused on is how inverted the yield curve is. It's a uh, more inverted now than it was even in the late 80s. Um, it's really unprecedented. And often, you know, at least historically, the yield curve, whether it's been a cause or a predictor of recession, it has, you know, it's, it's kind of chicken or egg, but it's one of the most inverted yield curves that we've ever seen in the history of financial market derivatives. And that's something I'm trying to explain to investors so they understand the opportunity because there are not many things you can buy in today's financial markets that are trading below valuation levels from the, the late 80s, right? It's one of the, the cheapest asset classes um, that I've ever seen uh, in my career. So Nancy, uh, you know, I want to talk a little bit about challenges in the market. And, uh, you know, I, I, I love to say uh, you, you're always smiling. So you face challenges with a smile. In fact, uh, and our archivist can call us on this, but I feel like you may have been the last in-person bell ringing before we closed all of that down for COVID. So if you want to talk about someone who goes into a, to a challenging time with a smile, it's Nancy Davis and Quadratic. 
Could you talk a little bit about what you see in the marketplace? You know, what are the biggest challenges out there as we're sort of closing out on 2022? And are there ways investors should be managing that risk? Yeah, I think obviously 2022 has been a very um, stagflationary price movement with both stocks and bonds selling off together. I think um, that's kind of, it's been one of the worst years for that traditional 60-40 portfolio. So I really think investors need to be thinking about ways to reduce correlation exposures, you know, having that old, you know, my stocks and bonds will be negatively correlated with each other, especially if the Fed's, the Fed is hiking policy rates, but they haven't really, the caps are very small. They haven't really reduced the balance sheet yet. And I do think um, fixed income volatility is probably going to be moving higher as the balance sheet unwind happens more, especially because we are in a global economy and the dollar has really appreciated versus versus the rest of the world. Like, for instance, the Bank of Japan has still been buying bonds. They're still doing QE. The Fed's tightening. And that's made the U.S. really appreciate relative to the rest of the world, which has made our, our markets more expensive for foreign investors. So I think it's just super important that investors focus on non-correlated assets and adding diversification to their portfolio and not just you know, doing what's uh, what's easy and really looking under the hood um, and seeing what what strategies do and how they could potentially diversify. Yeah, I want to stay on that topic if I could. Uh, you know, we are recording this. We're live at the New York Stock Exchange. One of the 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 primary headlines, I think, all year has really been a discussion about the Fed, uh, in particular, rising rates and a rising rates environment. How do you, how do you say things right now? Well, the market is very confident that the Fed hiking policy rates is going to ease future inflation. So I'd say the one consensus that is out there is that inflation expectations are priced to dramatically fall. The uh, the last CPI print, we have another one uh, coming out next week, as well as the Fed's December rate hike, um, you know, 7.7. It was cheered by the market as a uh, as a a uh, bullish indicator, but the future inflation expectations are all right around 2% um, for CPI inflation. And the yield curve is um, one of its most negative ever in the history of financial markets. So the market is really priced for this kind of ease uh, of future inflation, as well as price for recession. And I think that could really be the surprise in 23 is that the market could step back and say, look, the Fed hiking policy rates isn't going to put more truck drivers on the road, or it's not going to make Russia not invade Ukraine, or it's not going to ease up on the supply side disruptions. So I do think inflation expectations in the future are very complacent that the Fed hiking policy rates, we've seen peak inflation, it's going to be falling dramatically, and um, it's really priced in. And that's what I like to focus on with investors is it's not what do you think is going to happen? It's what's priced into the market. So is that where your ETF IVOL fits in? Yeah. So IVOL accesses um, inflation protection uh, strategies. We use um, TIPS, which are treasury inflation protected securities, plus interest rate options on the yield curve. So it benefits as the right now, the difference between short and long dated rates is negative, meaning you know, an investor gets paid less yield to own a longer dated bond, thinking of it as lending money or lending money to uh, the U.S. for a lower interest rate in the future. 
And so we benefit from either less Fed hikes or even Fed cuts or higher long-term yields with the options piece, which helps solve the duration problem with tips. I think that's one of the, the challenges with tips by themselves is they are bonds, they are treasuries, and they will lose money based on their duration. And inflation is a very risky asset class. There isn't a zero with inflation. It can go, um, break-evens can go negative. Um, there is no zero bound. And so we find using the fully funded interest rate options is a nice uh, potential uh, diversifier to help investors be long fixed income vol, which we think is really timely given the quantitative tightening uh, with the Fed's balance sheet. And as a reminder, you can find a lot of information about Nancy's ETFs, including iVault. You go to etfcentral.com, easy to remember, ETF Central. Type in in the screener, IVOL, it'll pop right up. You can learn everything about her ETF. Uh, Nancy, for an advisor who's maybe not as familiar with your ETF, how should they be thinking about them? You know, when when we're talking a lot about portfolio construction, where where does the, where does it all fit in? Yeah, so Ival has paid a minimum monthly distribution of thirty basis points. We don't take corporate credit spread risk. Most investors in bonds they add credit spread risk to to interest rate risk, whether it's high yield, investment grade, levered loans, floating rate notes, all those things. Uh, want credit spreads to tighten. We use um, interest rate spreads. So it's just a different type of spread risk, which is why historically it's had extremely low correlation to equities and to um, credit as well as to the ag. So it's just a different type of spread risk. Um, I think of it as almost like an opposite of a mortgage. If you think about a mortgage with mortgages, um, you want interest rate volatility to fall because you're short options to homeowners at prepayment risk. And then you want um, yields, long dated yields to go lower. Um, for us, we want long dated yields to go higher or short dated yields to go lower, as well as real yields to go lower because we're long uh, inflation protected bonds. Yeah. You know, one of the things as we've gotten to know each other over the years that I'm always fascinated by is you think in a holistic terms, right? A lot of what we've talked about during the podcast is, you know, a, a person's uh, individual finances and total wealth picture. So you're bringing into house ownership, mortgages. And a lot of times we tend not to think about that. We think only about, let's say, the super liquid parts of a portfolio. Uh, and so I, I, I love watching a lot of your media and, and, and a lot of the work you do because you do take this bigger picture. If there's an advisor out there uh, or, you know, uh, and they're saying, hey, I want to learn more. You've touched on some really interesting topics, but I need to get deeper. All right. And I really want to get into your strategies and and I'm thinking about adding it to the portfolio. How do I do it? Like, how do they connect with you? What's what's the best approach? Well, we we have our fund website, which is probably the first, you know, stepping stone that is um, uh, ivolletf.com. Um, there's uh, a lot of articles, materials, um, information about the fund. There's also a contact us page. So we're happy to set up um, calls to explain the strategy. It is definitely, I think, the largest asset class in the world is the interest rate markets. Um, it's approximately five times bigger than the stock market. And I think this is really the time for investors to be looking 
at the New York Stock Exchange for these innovative strategies that can access access classes like the rates market. Um, you know, most most professional real estate investors will hedge their rate risk, whereas regular reg, most regular people don't. And so that's I think been part of the the joy of our partnership with the New York Stock Exchange is being able to access the interest rate markets for for everyone and providing that. Um, that institutional, um, traditionally institutional product to, we have a lot of institutional investors and we also have wealth managers and endowments. It's a very diverse client base, but I think that QCIPing, uh, so to speak, you know, taking it and making it an investable asset cost has been really a an innovation and, and a, a nice diversifier potentially for investors. And of course, we're recording this during the holiday season. We think a lot about gifts and gift giving. Uh, certainly one of the biggest gifts that ETF have given us is being able to take these types of investment solutions that Nancy, you and your firm have been providing through Quadratic for quite some time and being able to wrap them up and, and provide them directly to advisors, directly to investors. Uh, whereas in the past, they just frankly wouldn't have had access. I invite all of our listeners again to either follow Nancy Davis on any social media platform. Uh, but of course, visit her website. That was ivoletf.com, I-V-O-L-E-T-F.com. Uh, and please engage with her and her team. She puts out a lot of really great information and materials on the market. That is a wrap on this edition of the Inside ETFs podcast. As a reminder, you can find this episode as well as many other episodes of this podcast on the New York Stock Exchange's website, etfcentral.com. I want to thank you again, Nancy, for not only being a friend, but being here to take your time to share your insights. Please stay tuned for upcoming episodes featuring thought leaders from across the ETF ecosystem. I'm Douglas Jonas, Head of Exchange Traded Funds at the New York Stock Exchange, the home of ETFs. Schwab Asset Management is proud to support the Inside ETFs podcast. As one of the nation's largest ETF providers, Schwab Asset Management offers insights and perspectives that can help advisors build on their ETF expertise. Did you know that more millennials are choosing ETFs as their investment vehicle of choice, or that many investors plan to increase their allocation to fixed income, smart beta, and actively managed ETFs? Find out how ETFs can support your clients' goals with Schwab Asset Management's educational resources. Learn more at schwabassetmanagement.com forward slash ETF know-how.